begin. Are live reading the Bible. This is my favorite part of the day. I'm excited to be here with you as well. Well, I'm excited about today because we are moving on through Genesis and we're on Genesis 6. Let's dig right into chapter 6. We're in the, the Naspa today. And um, we're talking about the corruption of mankind today. Yep. And so let's get it on. Let's do it, yo. Now it came about when man began to multiply on the face of the land, and daughters were born to them, that the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. Then the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, because he is he also is flesh. Nevertheless, his days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward when the sons of God came in to the daughters of men and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. I think it would be remiss of us not to stop right here mm -hmm. and discuss what in the world we just listened to. Yeah, so um, there's a theological debate between what the sons of God uh, means here. And so um, in the original Hebrew, it's Bani Elohim. And the only other place in the Old Testament this is seen is in the book of Job. So... Mm. One of the views here is that the sons of God is actually uh, the, er, fallen angels who have come to earth and procreated with human women. Um, and so uh, in, in, uh, in the book of Job where Bani Elohim is used, it is uh, the same term, um, it, referring to just angelic beings overall. So there's a couple different... Uh, you know, well, there's different perspectives on this. Kind of one of the things is that um, this is addressed in the New Testament as well, and maybe we can hop into that in one second. But in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Old Testament, which was written between 250 to 150 BC, um, the for the sons of God, the the term is, that's used is angelos which is uh, angels, and then on um, verse 4, the Nephilim. Uh, and, and that right there, the term used was Gagentos, which is synonymous with using Titan. Mm. And so I'm sure a lot of us are familiar with Greek mythology. A Titan, right, is like a, is a demigod, right? Half God, half human. And so we see their own um, kind of cultural myth mythology play into... Uh, just the translations that were used here. So, um, can I ask a question? Yeah. The sons of God mentioned here, mm -hmm. is that also in reference to the Nephilim here? Yeah, so the sons of God, in my view, are the fallen angels, and the Nephilim are the offspring, like half human, half angelic being. So, it seems here 
when men began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them these are these are the these are the men of adam yes humans correct humans and so when you read this sentence i'm reading now it came about after men started multiplying and they started having daughters that the sons of god saw that the daughters of men so there's a clear distinction here between the sons of god and men and so the daughters of men were beautiful. So the sons of God took wives for themselves, as you mentioned before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, the other view is that the sons of God are, is, means the line of Seth, and the daughters of men are the line of Cain. Um, and so that they, you know, the idea is that they shouldn't have intermarried. Um, and so that is a view. And I guess that that view fails to explain how the Nephilim, like why is there somebody called the Nephilim? Why would they become mighty men of renown and things like that? Um, but however, my view has weaknesses in, you know, supposedly angels can't, can't procreate, right? And so um, it, it's a mysterious passage. And so I don't want to get super sidetracked in this passage um and but i mean in in first and second peter he references this uh as well as jude the so i mean it's not just this random view right i mean this or it's not just this random kind of built on these verses only there are new testament verses that that talk about uh things that happened during this time and so um but here's the thing I don't think the focus of this chapter is, you know, either you believe in the angelic fallen beings view or the lines of Seth and Cain view. The idea is that the, the world had become extremely evil and uh, God being a just God had to do something about it. Yeah, I would agree. And I think there's something else to point out here. Then the Lord said, my spirit shall not strive with man forever because he is also flesh. Nevertheless, his day shall be 120 years. So it seems there's God is at this point is putting a limitation on the age of man such that before when they were living to several hundred years old, now 120 years um they're they're numbered right somebody's somebody's lifespan is is numbered to a shorter lifespan now obviously you can go to the previous chapter and learn about some of the situations which that could be the case and there's a ton of research you can do online about this as well with regards to you know how this is all played out there's a lot of uncertainty around this what is certain is we can read what the bible says and have certainty in its uh truthfulness where it's uncertain is how that works in kind of the world we live in today so there's a lot of different theories that we could research and look into but yeah there's those are kind of the two things that are that we really pull out here right the nephilim and then also the us our, our lives being limited to yeah, 120 exactly years. so the average age of somebody living now in the world is around 70 to 80 years on average 
of course, you hear about people in the news living much longer than that, up to close to 120 years. Um, so, cool. Yeah. All right, next uh, section. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. He was grieved in his heart. The Lord said, I will, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, from man to animals to creeping things and to the birds of the sky. For I am sorry that I have made them, but Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So in this section, um, you know, I, I want to make a distinction between, you know, God it was sorry that he had made man on the earth. I think that uh, a lot of times... Uh, or in the Bible, sometimes they use like human attributes to express these ideas, um, you know, about God's, how God feels in response to something. And I think that um, we want to be careful not to like uh, uh, apply too much of our own human perspective on that. So sorry is in like, you know, obviously this isn't meaning that God was wrong, right? That God did something wrong and that he was sorry for it. I think this is an emotional response about like whenever, you know, something happens and you're like, like it said, his heart was grieved, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, he had he had made humans, uh, given them free will, and they had gone off in a bad direction. And right. that, that grieved God. Every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's, that's horrible. Yeah. I mean, if you really look at what does that mean exactly? I mean, imagine being around, imagine being on a planet where every intent of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually. I think we see a lot of evil in the world today, but I imagine that this sounds worse. You know, I think it's, I think it'd be hard to say that now that every intent of the thoughts of man's heart is only evil continually. I think it'd be harder to kind of see that in our world today. I mean, obviously you can see it, see it a lot, but you know, I do see some people around that do and say good things. Um. Yeah, I think um, one of the things here, I've heard scholars say that God instituted government in Genesis 9. And so they speculate this would have been more like of a chaotic society. And so I feel like that we have, um, when God instituted governments and the governments we have, like there's a lot of accountability now so i think that people you know there's kind of just this if i do this this will happen you know there's very real consequences and so i think that keeps our society in check today in a lot of ways yeah yeah that's but, brutal. but this idea of but i mean obviously we see in the old and new testaments this depravity of of man is a very real thing even today and it's it's too bad is there know? a connection between the wickedness of men and the and your position that the nephilim were 
fallen angels and interbreeding do you think there's a connection in there or do you think not i mean i think there could so i think that regardless of what the the nephilim were and did i think people were just being really wicked um and i think that i was going to talk more about it when we read more about noah but the idea is here you know we see from this uh, the sons of god saw the daughters of men were beautiful and they took them as took them as wives and so i think though uh my position has the view that you know we see genesis 3 15 we are we already talked about that in a, a past uh you know session and so we see that god promised this messiah and i believe that satan understood what god meant and so that he knew that the messiah was going to be born of the seed of the woman so uh, satan thought that i believe satan thought that if he could corrupt the seed of the woman then he could prevent the messiah from coming because the messiah has to be a full human being right so he has to be a full person it cannot be half fallen angel half human and so i believe that satan was trying to send his angels to corrupt uh just the human genetics right so that it wouldn't be fully uh fully the woman's seed and so anyway i believe that that could have played a role but either way regardless of the people that weren't you know half fallen angel they themselves it appears were were wicked regardless right and i think the really last sentence here is exciting to me because then you see but noah found favor in the eyes of the lord so this is a kind of a, a light in darkness and so we'll move on to this next section Verse 9, these are the records of the generations of Noah. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God, and the earth was filled with violence. God looked on the earth and behold it was corrupt for all flesh had corrupted their way upon the earth so one of the things here that also contributes to my view is in verse 9 when it said um, Noah was a righteous man blameless in his time so it kind of has this double righteous and blameless I believe that the blameless may be referring to his his genetic his genetic line like noah wasn't corrupted by the the nephilim and what was going on there um but but regardless of that um we see here uh and one of the verses i believe it was in it was either in second peter or jude uh, uh where it talked about the events of the nephilim it talked about how noah was a preacher of righteousness right and so um, I believe during this time, based on the New Testament scriptures, we'd see that, that Noah uh, most likely was telling people, um, in a sense, like we talked about Enoch the other day, right? Telling people, hey, there's a holy God. You guys are sinning. You need to stop doing that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, and so obviously that message was rejected and that, that a, a righteous God needed to execute judgment now. 
Yeah, one of the things that seems interesting is it's talked about Noah walking with God. You know, it seems like there's this kind of journey together that they're going on. You know, Noah walked with God. And I think a lot of times you can kind of feel like you're on this journey alone. And when you put God first in your life and you're in prayer and you're seeking him first, I think you can have a lot more confidence in the path that you're on because you're walking with God as opposed to walking alone. So Noah became the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. I believe that uh, Shem was the line that, that Christ came through. Mm. And then it talks about here, now the earth was corrupt in the sight of God and the earth was filled with violence. So it kind of gets a little more specific here about what type of wickedness is discussed up here, you know, evil, yeah. evil continually. And then we see violence. And God, yeah, so would, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, which it could have just been people, I mean, they're attacking each other, killing each other, things like that. Like, obviously, uh, violence is a really severe sin, you know. Um, I believe it's in the book of Psalms, it talks about how. You know, there are certain things that God hates and detests, and it's, you know, talking about the um, the feet that run to shed blood, innocent blood, you know. And so violence is a huge, um, is a huge sin because, I mean, it's, it's hurting people that were made in the image of God, you know what I'm saying? And so, and human life is valuable, um, and so that's, it's a big deal. Yeah, extremely big deal. And continually talks about how corrupt the earth is here. Do you want to read this? Yes. Then God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. And behold, I am about to destroy them with the earth. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. You shall make the ark with rooms and shall cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you shall make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits, its breadth, 50 cubits, and its height, 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark and finish it to a cubit from the top and set the door of the ark in the side of it. You shall make it with the, with the lower, second, and third decks. Behold, I, even I, am bringing the flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life from under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall perish, but I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. And every living thing of all the flesh, you shall bring two of every kind in the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds after their kind, and of the animals after their kind, of every creeping thing of the ground after its kind. Two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. As for you, take for yourself some of all food which is edible, and gather it to yourself, and it shall be for food for you and for them. Thus Noah did according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. So now here's where he built the ark. And it's cool how like it gives us the dimensions 
Um, so that wasn't like another document, right? That was like separate from the, uh, you know, preserved word of God. And so it's cool. I think it, is it in, in Tennessee, there's a, uh, a Noah's Ark museum where they made it like the, the, all the correct dimensions or whatever. And inside the structure is the museum. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. They have one of those. Um, and it's definitely a fascinating uh, picture. Yeah, but no, but, the, but that's really cool, you know, and it's, I mean, I think that's a cool kind of scenario that like, you're like hanging out and all the animals of the earth just come to you, you know? Yeah. No. So, I mean, there's, there's pretty specific instructions yep. here on how to make it. And then it will mention the number of decks. So there'd be a lower second and third decks. So this is a three-story deal. And it also mentions why yep. God is asking him to do this, right? It says up here that the earth is filled with violence and... Then it also mentions here, behold, I, even I, am bringing the flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which, uh, which is the breath of life from under heaven. Everything that is on the earth shall perish. Why? Because earth is filled with violence. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, that this took some... Or you know, faith on Noah's part to build this ark because, I mean, the, it appears that the earth had never been flooded before. I mean, we, uh, from my understanding, it hadn't even rained. Earlier in the Bible, it said there was like a, a, mi or a mist um, that would come up from the ground, right, that would kind of provide the, the plants that they're, their own water. And so, yeah, the idea that it, it had never even rained yet and it was about to rain so hard that it would flood over every mountain that's a big deal there's a mention of a covenant here but i will establish my covenant with you so obviously he's talking to noah mm. in this situation this is interesting to say because is this quite is this the first covenant uh, it doesn't seem like it is because God already says that he is going to do something, which if he's going to do something, he's going to do it, as we saw in earlier chapters. But based upon my understanding, this is the first mention of a covenant that God has. Are yeah, and if I, with this covenant? Yeah, well, if I remember right correctly, um, God, God elaborates more on this covenant after he lets Noah out of, of the ark. So after the flood waters receive, I believe he tells him some, some more things, like gives him some more instructions. And so I think that, um, uh, yeah, I think maybe we, we, we dive into that. I believe it's chapter nine. Um, yeah. So I think we should, we should remember that we should, we should put a pin in it and, uh, and, uh, dive into it. I would think, you know, what, what is the Mosaic covenant or sorry, the, the Noahic covenant, uh, you know, uh, in, in that that chapter but uh, or in chapter nine but but yeah i mean um there's you know there's like there's potentially like an, an edemic covenant then you have the noahic covenant uh then you have the abrahamic covenant then the mosaic covenant so there's different 
yeah, there, there's different covenant um, type things going on in sections of scripture. But, right. Seeing the, yeah. seeing keeping an eye on this covenant is definitely worthwhile doing. And it mentions here specifically you and your sons and your wife and your son's wives with you. So we're seeing exactly who's going to be entering the eight, ark. Yeah, eight people were were on the ark. Right. So Noah and his wife and then his mm -hmm. three sons, which are mentioned up here, Shem, Ham, mm -hmm. and Japheth. Yep. And their and wives. And their wives. Yep. And basically, those are the humans that are going to get on the ark. But then you also have every living thing of all flesh and shall bring two of every kind, which is uh, specifically mentioned here into the ark to keep them alive with you. So male and female, of course, so they can reproduce. And there's another mention of kinds here. Yep. And you know, something interesting um, also just on the, the young earth perspective, like a lot of scholars, a lot of younger scholars believe that dinosaurs were actually on the ark, um, which is a cool thing. Like that would be crazy to like be Noah and like the, 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 you know, Mr. And Miss T-Rex walk up. Right. And you're like, okay, you're, you know, down three doors on the left or whatever. How don't how, how he let all the animals into like their stalls on the, on the boat. But, um, but remember at this time, animals are not uh, carnivorous yet. That doesn't happen until Genesis nine. Mm. So, um, why do you say anyway, they're not carnivorous yet? Why do you say that? Well, you don't have animals eating other animals yet. You, that that happens in Genesis nine. So like, there's no animals eating meat, right? Cause it's kind of like you brought up about earlier when we talked about the age of the earth. And, uh, if you're older, that means death came before the fall. Right, because that means animals would have had to been because you have fossils of animals inside other animals, right? That animals would eat other animals. So at this point, everybody ate veggies. Really? So you think they're all? Y'all think you think even the animals are vegetarian? I mean, this is after the fall, right? So it's after the fall, and people can die. But but we're gonna see in chapter nine, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Chapter nine will help kind of flesh this stuff out more too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I think that's basically it, right? So we don't know for sure. Right. I mean, we know that before the fall, they were all veggies. Meat, meat, and we know after the flood, they were definitely carnivores by then. Yeah. Yeah. So we have different kinds, right? And so right. not every animal of every different type of species right so if you think about dogs right you might have a doverman pincher or you might have a terrier or you might have a lassie or you might have oh, a yeah. wiener dog or you might have a snickerdoodle you know it's like chihuahuas <laughs> were on the ark Chihuahua. <laughs> Definitely not. Okay, definitely okay. not. Uh, you have all these different dogs, right? And those are different breeds of dogs. Yeah. So I think this idea of kind is not really mentioning every single type of breed. It's mentioning two dogs, canines, were on the ark. 
and that's how you get everything into this arc you know right because if you had to bring chihuahuas and maltese's and doberman pinchers i mean you could fill a whole arc of just every single different type of breed i'm sure yeah so i didn't hear you name any types of dogs other than chihuahuas um, yeah, I'm not a dog expert like you are. Yeah. Um, wait, but you didn't say Labradoodles. <laughs> Pomeranians. Uh, oh, Pomeranians are so annoying. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think... <laughs> God, God, God actually didn't want to preserve the Pomeranians. Uh, it was only the evil actions of men who brought him back later. Yeah, I agree. There was definitely a... I think the wickedness has. I think the wickedness came back. Yep. So, definitely did. Yeah, it doesn't mention Labradoodles or Pomeranians nope. here. But you know something interesting, like the, um, the. I mean, the the story of Noah. We're just really getting kind of. This is just the first chunk of it. You know, we've still got uh, seven, eight, and nine um, that it talks about Noah, uh, and so it's kind of cool. Uh, and actually, when I learned, looked into Noah. Noah spent a lot longer on the ark than I thought he did. But I won't get into the specifics until we, we read that verse. But, um, but you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things that we see Noah, uh, you know, deal with some different stuff. And it's cool to refresh our memories on, you know, what all he did. So, so of the birds of their kind and the animals after their kind, of every creeping thing... Of the ground after its kinds. That of, means the, the, the praying mantises. That um, means the roaches. Yep. That means the ants. Yep. Um, there is a, uh, an online uh, <laughs> website <laughs> where <laughs> you can buy merch. <laughs> merch. You can buy your own bug shirt. Merch. 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 Uh, merch. Uh, CreepyThings.net, everybody. Um, get your merch there. It is super top quality and, um, <laughs> and, it's <know>. biblical. <laughs> and it's biblical. And if you love Jesus, you'll buy the merch. <laughs> so, just kidding, though. Um, yeah. Every creeping thing of the ground after its kind, two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. Ah, so two of every kind will come to you. But but I think when it says two of every kind, that's the male and female. Right, but they'll say it says they'll come to Yeah. Yeah. You. So in other words like, said, like Yeah, so the the T Rex and the you know the gazelles, the buffalo, every every all all of them would walk straight up to Noah to, to enter the ark. Right, so Noah didn't have to go out and no. round up these animals himself. Right. Because he would have to go on an epic safari to do that. Oh, man. That's beyond hardcore. Yeah. As for you, take for yourselves some of all food which is edible. Food which is edible. That's the kind I, I like to eat as well. Yeah. And gather it. <laughs> <laughs> and gather it to <laughs> gather it to yourself 
and it shall be and it shall be for food for you and for them so they're gathering food for both people i think we know this is plant food not animal right well i mean this is also like berries probably right like 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 vegetables like you know the the fruit from trees um all that kind of stuff though the plants themselves apples yep carrots yep broccoli yep. spinach Ooh. i don't think they brought spinach on the ark would be my guess no one wants, no one wants yeah that. you could you could have that after the ark. onions yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely maybe. didn't have onions on the on the ark tomatoes yeah i could see them kicking it with some tomatoes Tomatoes cause inflammation, though. Oh, really? Yeah, Noah lived about 900 plus, so I'm pretty okay. sure. I think Noah lived about 900 years old. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah. What about, like, grass? Do you think they had grass on the ark? <laughs> Probably for the animals. Like hay? Uh, I don't no, they. I don't think they had hay like we have hay today. Because the hay that we have today is like there's a specific agricultural process, right, to cut it up like that. Yeah. And so I would assume that they just their animals would have eaten the straight plants. So do you think they had a T Rex on the ark? I think they do. <laughs> I, 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 th I think dinosaurs were on the ark, and then I think the dinosaurs uh, went extinct after the ark. And I mean, it's just what we call dinosaurs, right? So what about like rhinoceros or alligators or things like that that would have been similar to what we would have seen as a dinosaur type creature yeah but i mean reptiles you're talking about reptiles exactly the, these were just giant reptiles right i mean like K komodo dragons still exist today you know so right i see some really big alligators too and you know i agree and there's speculation that there might still be some dinosaurs alive today yeah, there's been anyway that I don't want to get off topic, but there's there's speculation they could be hidden like in deep woods of Africa. Um, there's current cave drawings that uh, like native peoples will draw of like these creatures that look like dinosaurs, and then every once in a while you'll see like this giant prehistoric looking creature gets tangled up in a net of like a fishing boat or whatever, you know, and it'll make some news. But right. But yeah, but no, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's cool. Like, can you can you imagine being Noah, um, having this responsibility and and getting to hang out with all the animals, you know? So. Right, right. Um, yeah. And then finally, Noah did according to all that God had commanded him. So he did. Mm -hmm. So Noah obeys God, and ultimately, I think Noah will see that Noah benefits from ultimately obeying God, because I think Noah had a choice in the situation, right? He could have decided yeah. not to obey God. But, of course, Noah was going to, because as we see up here, he was walking with God. Yep. So, with that said... Um, any final thoughts on this? Well, I just think, you know, like you said, Noah was delivered uh, because he was walking with God and because he was righteous. And um, the people who were in rebellion against God were judged by God. 
Um, so, I mean, that's just, that's just kind of a good overall sum, uh, sum up of what life, how life will conclude, right. you know, where they're going to be delivered by God because we were following him, or we're going to be judged by God because we were rebelling against him. Mm. So, yeah. Yep. yep. You have any other, other final thoughts on this? Genesis six. Um, no, I think it's a good one. Um, look forward to watching the next one. Yeah, man. And where the floodwaters are going to start to rise tomorrow. That's right. Yep. Alrighty. Well, we'll see you at the next one. Chapter seven. Have a great day. All right, guys. See us.